Blog Talk Radio.
Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Rungan Radio. Sorry about the weirdness going on here, having some Skype issues. But, Cruiser Mel, can you hear me? Am I good? You are good. Yes, Excellent. you're good. Hey, everybody. How's everybody been? It's been about three weeks for me, two for you. That's correct. We have had a break on Rungan Radio, but we are back because we have a Utopia special tonight, Utopia Mark II. You're going to have a lot of fun. Because we are not only going to play some Utopia music for you from the Utopia reunion in January, we're also going to play the interviews from the Utopia Mark II reunion that were on the VOD. So we got some cool stuff after announcements. You will be either sick of Utopia if you don't like them, or if you love them, you're going to be just peachy king happy. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Very good. But well, we do have some stuff to talk about. Yeah. You oh, got that right. All right. So what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about, of course, Utopia and Todd Runger. Let's start with the Utopia reunion, why we're talking about this. If you're out of the loop, which I don't think most of you are, but just in case, Todd was over in Japan. They had a gig there. And he talked on a radio station and said that there would be more Utopia Mark II shows. I don't know if he called it Mark II, but you know what I mean. That's the group with Moogie, the same group from New York, and that they would be in late October, early November, or at least he said late October. Yep. We actually have a little information on it, but not much. We do know that that's the target dates the last couple weeks of October or last week of October, some early November. We have no idea where they're planning on doing these shows or who's going to be promoting them. Um, we just know that they are um, in the works, according to Mr. Rundgren. That's and right. He went and ran his mouth. And amazingly enough, the news made it all the way around the world. <laughs> yeah. And there's um, – we've talked to Moogie. Moogie says that he's feeling well, uh, FYI. He's doing better and that he is capable of travel. If they need to travel for some of these shows, I know the West Coasters are already screaming. Uh, of course, they want to show um, Chicago, of course, screaming everywhere. Dallas, you know, well, yeah. everybody wants one. So hopefully they can make it out everywhere. Who knows where they're going to go. But uh, we're going to have Moogie on probably next Tuesday to discuss some more. Hopefully he'll have some more information. But um, nothing is set in stone yet as far as gigs being booked. But Todd has said they're going to do them. And they said that's the time frame they're looking at. So we're going to go ahead and just celebrate a little Utopia action tonight. Yeah, yeah. And that that would probably be the same lineup that was in New York back in January, the eight- or nine-piece band, whatever it was. No so, question. Yeah, this is not great. Chasm, Roger, and Willie. This is Utopia Mark II. Um, this is the group that was in New York at the Highline Ballroom including the backup singers, uh, I know have been invited. Everybody's been invited back. I assume that uh, the schedule's worked out, or Todd wouldn't have said something about it on the radio. So you'll have the full band. Hopefully, we'll have seven rays this time. Oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Um, don't know anything about if it's going to be VOD again or where it's going to be, any of that good stuff. So wish we could tell you more, and as soon as we get it, of course, we'll share it, but one thing that'll be interesting to see, since Todd has been to New York and New Jersey area, it's going to be, I believe, seven times already this year if they go back uh, with this gig. Now, it would make sense in a way because 
um, that's where they sold out two shows, 700 people in three days, both shows. And yeah. yes. Now before I move on, video Tiki, Mr. Victor, is claiming that this is Utopia Mark One. And um he apparently has not read Billy James' book. But there was a, another version with Hunt and Tony Sales and Dave Mason, <laughs> Todd Rungren, Moogie Klingman. That's Utopia Mark One, brother. All right. So <laughs> Ed was Ed was around then. He probably saw some of those shows. I think he's just forgotten. All right, so Utopia Mark Two. Um Roger was technically in Utopia Mark II, too, Roger Powell, but, of course, he won't be on this tour. Uh, it'll be Ralph Shuckin on keyboards with Moogie. And uh, Chasm is, will be a part of it, you know, the whole deal. It is a little convoluted, though. It's going to be confusing to, to uh, explain to people that, you know, are somewhat out of the loop. But we could just call it the U- Utopia Potpourri or something. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. It you know, because let's say they take it to Cleveland, for example. Cleveland people were used to the four band, the the the, the Chasm, Roger, and Willie band. It's going to be hard to market it and say this is not that band. Nor is it that kind of music. This is prog rock. Well, they might mix in some. They did Set Me Free, as you remember, and they did Dust in the Wind, some other stuff, some Todd stuff. But it is nothing like um, what you would expect, anyway. I would think, from Roger, Chasm, and Willie, and Todd doing that type of show. So it's different. But, you know, 700 people, two nights in a row, in three days, you can't be wrong. That's pretty good. You know, I think, of course, everybody knows, had they had a bigger place, they probably would have definitely sold more tickets. So Todd Runger's Utopia, that's how Ed is um, calling it, not the four-piece version. But if you remember... Uh, for the Highline Ballroom shows, Todd did not want to call it that, and they end up listing it as Utopia with and put all the names on there. So maybe this time they'll call it Todd Runner's Utopia. Another little tip I can give you is that Todd is dead set on several days rehearsal for this show, for this tour, and wants to get with his band and get this material down pat. Uh, everybody knows it, it was there for the second night. There was a little lyric problem with Freak Parade, but that was it. Um, other than that, it seemed like they aced everything, but Todd uh, apparently is a perfectionist on, on this. The music's very important to him, and they want to practice for several days before this tour. Right. So they're so, going to get her done. Get her done. So it's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on then. We're going to get Utopia going for the rest of the show after we get through with our announcements. We have... The VOD, Video On Demand, is still available. It has been remixed, and the feedback from everybody has been wonderful. This is the show that was at San Juan Capistrano, and the uh, Totocast folks did that. You can find the link to it, or log in even, I believe, from our webpage, rungunradio.com. It's on the homepage still if you want to okay. see that video. It's only 19.95, and it's good until what? Uh, well, originally they had said till mid October, but uh, it took them over a week or so to get it to get the sound edited by Chris Anderson. So maybe they'll stretch it out, you know, an additional week or so, ten days, something like that. But at this point, mid October is the cut. That's plenty of time. Yeah. Come on, people. All right, very good. So VOD, if if you have not seen this current tour or want to see it again, that's the place to go. Just go to our, our main page at RungrenRadio.com, and you can purchase it there if you haven't already. And if you have, you can keep on watching. Yeah, yeah. While you're uh-huh. there, 
take a look see around our website because you've updated some photos, the Todd and me, and things that remind you of Utopia or whatever. Yes. So uh, look around. Tour dates, all that. Yeah, we haven't got the link yet for the new stuff. I did add some more of uh, things that remind you of Todd. That'll be up soon. And we did add to Gallery 4 some more photos of fans with Todd. You can submit yours. Just send them to us at Doug at RungrenRadio.com or Mel, M-E-L, at RungrenRadio.com. We'll be happy to put those on for you when we get a shot at doing that. It's a lot of fun. Sure. You can see fans with Mr. Rungren. Uh, Todd's store, speaking of websites, we tried to get in touch with Danny about five minutes before the show. <laughs> did not work but uh hopefully we can talk to him soon about it he's got a page uh danny and rachel have a page on facebook todd store page and they have uh said that they're going to redesign or, or uh upload a new website for the todd store right now it's just on tr-i.com there's only one shirt on there but they've already got some new stuff and that's just a matter of time before they get um, the website developed and up and running so that you can purchase the new stuff. If you don't know, Danny O'Connor has a long history with merch with Todd. Um, you know, did it for years and uh, is a graphic artist, among many other things. So there will be some new cool stuff. Rachel, of course, um, is a clothing designer, has been for years, did a lot of stuff for the new Cars Tour, has done other stuff for Prairie and Todd, Todd Healing stuff. And some of it, of course, and some of her stuff, some of it even being one of a kind, will be available on this store coming soon, people. Toddstore.com. We'll let you know. Yeah, or you can just check it out. Um, another neat thing online, Cruiser Mail, which you got to see today, I believe, was something from Japan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chasm has put up another uh, backstage pass video. Well, actually, he's put up a couple since you guys last heard my southern twang on here. But uh, uh, pretty funny, pretty funny, discussing uh, who was at the Tahoe show. You get to see what Chasm looks like when he wakes up in the morning. Uh, what else is there on there? You get to see almost all the band talking, and and almost everybody makes it on camera. So and, yeah. it's pretty funny. Unique urinals of Japan. <laughs> yes, that's true. Ortolets, yes. Um, yeah, some crazy stuff. So let's see. What else we got online? You want to see – we got Mike Adrian is in MA4 Utopia, our chat room. We can mention his website, toddrungren.blogspot.com. He's always keeping everybody updated. If you want to check that out, it's cool. Todd Dates, he always has those, and so do we. We have a Todd Tour page, Todd on Tour, and so does EJ at todd-rungren.com, and so does Roger Linder at <laughs> – trconnection.com, and so does Perry at toddfan.com. Lots of places to find out where Todd is, so don't miss it. He is going to be out on tour in September again. He will be in the United States. He will be in the U.K. He will be in Amsterdam. He will, you know, all kind of good stuff. There's a new gig added after the Amsterdam gig. Cruzamel, what's up with that? Uh, after the Amsterdam gig is... Uh uh, Manchester, UK on October 1st, and then the Jazz Cafe in London for three nights, which is the 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Um, but I think you were actually referring to the September 14th Salisbury Mass gig at the Blue Ocean Music Hall up in Massachusetts, and that's obviously before he goes overseas. Right. Now, there's the new Holland gig that was added, the um, 
don't know what with you're the, talking about new. Okay. Yeah, yeah, orchestra. yeah. Okay. 9.14 after he does that Massachusetts gig. Ten days later, he goes to the Paradiso in Amsterdam. Yes. And then on, and that's with the uh, the symphony. Yes. And on 9.25, he's going to be at the Oosterpoort in Groningen, Netherlands. I probably just killed the name of that place. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I, I would assume that's is that yet another symphony gig? That is correct. The orchestra will be present. Okay. Okay. So you've got um, – those two over there. Then you have the UK in, in uh, October 1st, I believe, through the 5th. There's four gigs over there, three in the same venue, back-to-back-to-back nights. And uh, somebody's asking us, where is Ridgefield, Connecticut? I hope it's on our website. If not, um, Todd's supposed to be doing a gig at Ridgefield, Connecticut. September 11th. Uh, September the 11th. Yeah. yeah. So all of them should be on those websites um, for you to go. The Newton Theater, by the way. Sold out. That's in Newton, New Jersey. That's their grand opening night. Very nice. Very nice place. About a 500 capacity. Uh, big deal for that city. It's been closed for a couple of years and has been refurbished and will be opening. So hopefully you got tickets to that show. If not, SOL. Sold out. Yeah. SOLD, excuse me. <laughs> You're SOL because it's S-O-L-D-O-U-T. <laughs> So anyway, lots of Todd stuff on the East Coast. West Coasters, sorry about that. Southerners were left out again. Uh, Dallas folks, Texas area, left out again for now. Maybe they'll book more. We don't know. Why? Speaking of the West Coast, Todd Fest West is when, Cruiser Mountain? That would be coming up real soon on August 20th. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be in Concord, California. It's not too late to respond, you know, to RSVP, but... Mm-hmm. Yesterday supposedly was the cutoff date yeah. for being able to tell them your favorite Todd song that you would like to have on your laminate. Um, but you know, maybe if you if you replied right now, you might be able to to get right. a laminate out of them if you were nice. Well, hey, speaking of the West Coast, yes, Danny O'Connor has moved to the West Coast. Is he calling us? He has actually called us. Hey. Danny, what's up? Hey guys, how are you? Good man, how are you? I'm very good. A little uh, a little hot here, but I think it's hot all over the place. <laughs> 105 in Kansas City today, Corky told me. Yeah, 105. Man, yep. a friend in Indianapolis said it was you know about 100 degrees too. So I guess it's everywhere. Right. Yeah. Well, you'll appreciate that when your friends from Michigan are calling you in December and January and February. You mean when the Rose Bowl is over here and I could go stroll by it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so how are you guys doing over there? Uh, we're we're doing all right, man. It's pretty warm, but you're not too bad. It is in Alabama. Sure. Anyway, I don't know about Dallas. How's Dallas cruising off? Somebody said it was 112 at the airport just a little while ago. Jesus. Oh, my God. Jeez. I wouldn't know because I am not stepping outside until after about 11 o'clock tonight. Oh God, that's crazy! That's crazy. But I just—I just got your message. I just walked in the door. I was on the phone, Doug. So I thought I'd give you a ring. I hope it's not Thanks. too late. No, no, we're dying to hear about some stuff you guys are up to. I mean, we've seen the the tour shirt. At least some people have, and uh, people are, are like it. Of course, it's a picture from the uh, Todd album show. Very yes, nice outfit and the guitar. Tell us what else is yeah. going to be hot at Todd's store. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, we're very excited about it, and um, 
you know, Racy is uh, just going to put up the stuff that we have uh, from before and from this tour right now because the store is going to probably take, uh, you know, probably a couple more weeks because we're trying to make it really cool. But we're going to have uh, we're going to have a lot of retro stuff. Uh, we're bringing back a lot of the same designs that uh, that I started doing back in '77 and uh, going through the whole catalog of stuff. And there'll be a lot of cool little things we're doing. We're uh, we're we're very excited to be doing it. That's cool. I can I can tell you. I don't think anybody wanted any of those green basketball shorts. <laughs> yeah, those that's are a, sweet. Huh? Those that's are, a little too retro. Yeah. <laughs> you know something, man? I don't know. With those big high socks, you know, like those old basketball socks with those stripes on it, you may look pretty good in that down there. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I'll wear that to an Urkel party. Well, um. At, at, those were big sellers, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, you back know. then, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. They were they were huge. And it's uh, when Rachel found that, and it's like an extra small pair uh, in a box <laughs> or something, I just chuckled. And uh, it's just funny to see some of these old things. Uh, uh, <laughs> it just, you know, it brings you right back. That's a long time ago. Yeah. So yeah. what are you going to take, like, some of the old um, screen print designs and put them on, uh, you know, the new kind of shirts, the thin type cool shirts yeah. companies at the we're deal. gonna it's it's gonna be just not shirts it's gonna be as um sorry these other calls and i and this stupid phone i know how to get rid of it but um it's gonna be a lot of different stuff it's gonna be not just shirts it's gonna be a lot of cool little things that we got going on that we've been uh sitting around throwing ideas around all together all of us and um it's starting to take hold now. So it's been a little crazy because we all of a sudden jumped into that tour uh, and had to whip out the camp shirts and the and the other two new shirts for the tour. So it's kind of put us a little behind, but we're we're catching up, and uh, hopefully everybody will be excited when they see some of the the new stuff uh, and I consider it old stuff coming out. Very nice. When is the website going to be up? You think? I'm hoping a couple weeks. Uh, somebody had said a week or two, but we're just kind of up against it, and I just want to make sure um, that everything's good with it. So that's why Rach has uh, taken it and ran with at least what we have in stock from the old stuff and the old tours, and at least put it up that if some people wanted to buy that. But uh, the rest will be coming up. I'm thinking two weeks we'll have it up there and start uh, showing all the good stuff. And, mm-hmm. and we'll just keep adding. We'll well, are you gonna? Uh, are you gonna? Are you designing that website? You have somebody doing that for you? Oh uh, no, I'm designing it. Very cool. Yeah, Love I'm it. designing yeah. it, and I have a, uh, I have a new uh, uh, partner out here, also Hughes, uh, an old friend of the family of Rachel's, and everybody does a lot of stuff with Michelle. So mm-hmm. we're together doing stuff, and he'll be helping me on it. And um, you know, we've started the uh, preliminary stuff. We just gotta get all these designs that we've been doing for all of the years and try to put them in there and with the other good ideas that we got. So I think everybody will be happy, and we're, you know, we're open for suggestions down the road if somebody really wants something. Like I, I think now that I know that you really want those shorts, we'll make sure those are available for you. <laughs> Pink would be a good color, too, for that. Please, please make them in a, a size larger than small for Doug, yeah. though. <laughs> well, that was – yeah, it was, but we will. Uh, and also, we're hoping that we um, – I was talking to Chasm, and I was talking to Prairie and stuff, so I'm hoping that we can uh, carry some of their stuff, uh, yeah. get some new stuff for them, and have this just as a whole place that everybody can come and, 
and get some good stuff uh, oh, from hey. everybody on there. Yeah, we need to put some Rungan Radio shirts on there. Hey, um, hey Lois, there, are there I'm, going we're, to be we're, any uh, Todd Stock DVDs still for sale? Yes. Yes, they will be. Actually, we've been selling those uh, on the shows. Uh, it was kind of funny because uh, <clears throat> I think um, I heard you, I think, as I was coming in the house there because uh, Rachel had the computer on. Of, uh, I mean, I started, I think I started selling merch in 77, and uh, then all of a sudden we did a couple of the shows out here for the first time in, I mean, ages. You know, it was Rachel and me outside of these clubs doing it. It was just, it was it was very fun. It was very crazy. It was to be, you know, out there with the merch again. It was uh, it was a good time. Yeah, I didn't want to date you, so I didn't want to go back to how far it was when you were selling. Oh, you could date. It's been a you while. Could date me. You could date me, man. I can never catch up to uh, Rundgren, so don't worry about it. <laughs> well, I had a couple of uh, comments in the chat room. Lois said the camp shirts were cool. Good job. She happy with those. Thank and, you. Uh, Thank you. I got uh, Viking dog. I think that's a guy. Said they want a tie dyed initiation cover shirt. That would be epic, they claim. Tie dye, okay. We'll think of it. Tie dye initiation. We've done some, some tie dye stuff, and we've done, uh, you know, over the years we did some really cool shirts. We had shirts that had that they were like baseball shirts, but not like the regular ones you see that just has a like, different color sleeve. We had a thing coming down. I mean, we had so many different shirts. We had some wild shirts one time that were orange, a yellow body with orange sleeves. You know, I mean, just wild colors that I used to get. I can still remember I used to pick these up in Pittsburgh right across from the Igloo, this place that we used to get these shirts <laughs> from. But uh, um, <laughs> I don't know why I just remembered that, but I do. Uh, but, you know, we're – I think it's going to be fun uh, to do this, and it is already, and just kicking around the ideas. Michelle was over here having dinner with – with Rachel and myself and another friend uh, this weekend, and we were just tossing ideas around then about different things. And uh, it's, you know, it's like coming home again, I guess. All right. Well, now, Rachel, though, um, although, you know, was dating and married you, wasn't really necessarily um, a merch uh, person in the same respect that you were, I don't think, as far as, you know, designing the shirts and all that. She has a totally different thing she does, but it's going to be part of the Todd store now. And even it looks like we've seen some, you know, one of a kind type things. Is she, what all is she going to be doing? Cause it's oh, that dress, great! I saw yeah. her modeling, loved it. Yeah, yeah. I uh, the things that she's turned the shirts into dresses. She actually wore uh, to the shows and to uh, the Grammy um, performance that Todd did a couple weeks ago. I think it was. Um, you know, I mean, she's just incredible what she comes up with with her with her art, her wearable art, and so she'll be doing that. Uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, you know, still doing costume stuff. I think uh, for for the tours, but yeah, she um, yeah, she'll be right there. We'll be doing this together, you know. And um, she's great at the you know answering people's questions and and things, which quite a few people have already. You know, been uh, emailing a lot of questions and, and things like that, which we're happy with that they're, everybody's got an interest with it. And uh, we're just hoping for the best. Like I said, I got a smile. I'm happy that we're doing it. And uh, I got, we got a lot of cool ideas of, and then bringing back, like I said, the retro stuff that we've done before and uh, putting a little different uh, uh, feel onto it. I think everybody will be happy. Very cool. Well, one thing, in case you haven't heard, uh, Todd mentioned in an interview in Japan that they are supposed to be taking the Utopia Mark II group out again, the same one from New York. You guys could do some yeah. stuff with that. 
Oh, yeah, I, I heard that um, before he went to Japan. Uh, we're mm-hmm. at dinner, we heard that. And uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's a whole uh, whole thing different that uh, is, is cool. So we'd be bringing back the, uh, you know, I think one of the big sellers we had back even uh, in 77 when it was, you know, Kaz and, and Willie and, and Roger and him, we still had uh, a shirt. We had so many shirts out there on the road in the beginning because, you know, I was – you know, very young at the age, and just I had like six, seven shirts at the time, and you know, satin coats, and you know, I was just doing it, doing so many. But we had a really good seller was, you know, the Utopia Eye with the old logo sure. and a couple other little uh, things on it. So that's what uh, we're thinking about too, because we just heard that just like what you just said, you know, just sure. uh, a couple, about a week ago or so. So well, that should be interesting since sure, I didn't, Rachel. I didn't see that. Rachel could have a heyday with some of that this, some of that old Utopia stuff with some of her clothes, man. There's some great designs and neat things that would. Oh be yeah, cool. yeah. Give her oh, a pair. Yeah. Of you know, she can make yeah. lemonade out of that. <laughs> There's some sure. great stuff to use. Yeah, the eyes and the, it's just a wonderful stuff. Uh, I I agree. I think her and Michelle are talking about that already. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Of course, an, an, another line, <laughs> album covers. I don't know. It's kind of dated, but maybe maybe you could do something with that. I don't know. Kind of cool, but. The old cartoon oh. on, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's retro. Uh, you mean the, the cartoon with the outdoor concert one? Is that what yeah, you're talking about? Yeah, the live one? That, yeah. That's retro, man. Yeah, yeah. That, I think Jane Millette actually <laughs> drew that uh, yeah. back in the day, you know, the old Jane. Uh, and, but, uh, you know, we're just going to try to have some good stuff that people want out there and that we like to do. And hopefully everybody, you know, uh, enjoys it and wants to get a little goodie. You know, at the Todd store. So that's what we try to do, man. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks for giving us an update, and we'll be checking out in a couple of weeks, looking for everything, and hey, get our credit cards. My pleasure. Out. Good luck. Good luck with you guys with your uh, your new uh, thing you're doing there. Right? Oh, is thanks. it onward? Is it called onward? Onward promotions. Yeah, yeah onward promotions. Good luck yeah. to you guys, man. It's great to see you guys doing all that uh, other stuff too, and I wish you luck on all of it. All right, Thank man. You, thanks a lot. Tell Rachel we said hey. You all got right. it. I will. You guys take care. Peace out. Bye. All right, all right, everybody. We were kind of it's good timing to for him to get ready to go because that phone was starting to break up. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Actually, yeah. he kind of gave us a pretty good segue into something else we can talk about before What's we that? get big time Utopia stuff tonight. Yeah. What would that be? That would be onward promotions. Which oh is yeah. A, that's a, a what, what do you call it? A wholly owned subsidiary of RungreenRadio.com. Something like that. But you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a long story short. It's a company where we'll be doing other concerts that aren't tied so that we don't confuse people with something like Rungren Radio presents the motels. Everybody's like, huh? Yeah. So it's Onward Promotions presents the motels. So we'll do other stuff. But some of it will be Rungren related, like Chasm shows whatnot. And then if uh, we do some Todd gigs, they will be under the Rungren Radio moniker, which yeah. maybe that will happen. You never know. Maybe so. But He's we got have... plenty going on. Wait, what? He's got plenty going on right now. Todd yes. does. We don't have anything in, in, on, in lined up, but uh, he does plenty of stuff. So you will get to see him again in September, October, if you want to go overseas. And uh, maybe Utopia, Mark II in October, November. Can't wait to get the dates on that. It would be good. Now, I don't think this is going to happen. So don't. I don't know anything. I'm just saying it would be good if some of those shows did go south, like Florida, because it will be warmer than in the New York and other East Coast areas. And the West Coast, too, would qualify for a warm place to go in October, November. Yes. 
I'm not a fan of cold weather. I'll just go ahead and tell you. <laughs> I All don't right. know. I, I got to spend three beautiful days in Lake Tahoe where it never got above 60 degrees, and I am hating myself for even driving to the airport to come home at this point. Brutal. All right, well, let's get rolling. Let's get this Utopia Mark II special show going on. Thanks to Danny O'Connor for calling in. Let's do – we're going to do the interviews from the uh, VOD for the Utopia reunion with each member of the band, uh, except for some of the backup singers, etc. We are going to do uh, some songs from that show, and that's going to be what we're going to do. And we want to thank Snappy Harris for hooking us up with the files. Thanks, John. All right, so let's do – since we've been yakking so much – Let's do a little music. We are going to do, well, where is all my music? I know I've uploaded it. All right, I'm going to start because I do have this one for sure right here. We're going to start with the little heavy metal kids. This is from the Todd album, of course, but this is Utopia Mark II, January 30th, Highline Ballroom. Peace out. I think we're going to have Moogie on next Tuesday, by the way, if we don't come back on top, you folks. Be sure to check us out. All right, here it goes. The icon, Ralph Shuckett on the organ, Kevin Elman on the drums, Donnie Stingler on the bass, John Rundgren, great singers, Daryl Tux, Curtis King, Chasm Sultan. I know a lot of you people were here last night, but is he not playing his ass off again? By the end of the evening, no ass whatever. I'm feeling it. Crunches of beef. 
Don't forget to rock. Okay, everybody, this is Mel, and we appear to be having technical difficulties. Doug is trying to get a live chat going with uh, the Blog Talk folks. Yeah, right. we'll see if they can hear us talk because the maybe it, it stopped once we turned the music on. But, you know, the thing is, you will have – this is going to be archived, and the sound's going to be perfect, so we don't want to talk too much because the archive will be good. But can anybody in the chat room hear us, or are we still not good? Well, they can't even hear us. Well, that's what I'm saying. If they could, they would say it in the chat room. <laughs> if you're in the chat room, you can hear us. Tell us, please. That's too bad. we got a lot of people listening tonight. Um, oh, wait. Oh, there's Carol Swan. She said, I can hear. They yes, can we hear are. us talking. Okay. All right. So let's try another song, and let's see if it does the same thing again. You got it. That could be the problem. All right. Uh, of course, I didn't want to play songs on I don't want it to do... Interviews as well. I'm going to start an Carol, interview. Out. Carol's saying she went to a whole new window, and now she can hear. Oh, okay. All right, so we're going to do. Let's do a interview from Utopia. Let's do a sh- the shortest one. That's going to be Chasm, so that we can, uh, you know, make sure this thing's working. All right, folks, here we go. And I'm going to, I'm going to uh, mute myself again. And let's see. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. All right, here we go. Hi, I'm here with Chasm Sultan at the Highline Bowl for tonight's Todd Rungman's Utopia Show. Chasm, thank you so much for taking time to speak with us. We really Always appreciate it. to talk to you, David. <laughs> Always. Thank you, Chasm. Thank you so much. And uh, suffice it to say, last night's performance, the energy, the just love in the room last night was just really, really special from the first note till when everyone left the stage sweaty two hours later yeah it was fun uh it was uh you know we didn't really have that much rehearsal and um and we only had todd for one day uh and i only did a couple of days of rehearsals with the band but the um the rest of the guys they just you know it was like it's like riding a bike you mm-hmm. you, you know exactly what you're doing the minute you get on it so it was a lot of fun though and the audience certainly ate it up and that has a lot to do with how you you know how the show is paced and how it feels so mm-hmm. because the audience was just so supportive and great it just it, it made it a, a real special night now this was billed as Todd Runger's Utopia featuring the group from 74 75 the core group mm-hmm. from that era yeah. but one of the special treats is that You've also now joined the performance and joined the show. In the 75 tour, they had three background vocalists who performed on that tour, uh-huh. and that's recreated in this show yeah. with yourself doing background vocals as well, too. Yeah. And uh, I think that was really, really special. I think a lot of people really got off on that. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, 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 the, Todd was the, is the only guitar player in the band, so and John Seagull is the bass player, and I didn't really feel it was my place to to play bass because that wasn't the version of Utopia that I was in, but I still wanted to be involved, so um, it just made sense for me to come up and sing backgrounds. 
And I think what's special is it, you see the family atmosphere amongst the utopians. You've got you know, uh, John and Ralph and mm-hmm. Kevin and so forth and everything representing her. And then here you are representing Utopia 76 on, onward yeah. and everything. And everyone getting along so well mm-hmm. and everyone performing together. Yeah. I think that was real special, too, last night. Yeah. Um, it, it, just, it, it was a perfect evening. It worked out great. And, uh, and tonight should be even better, actually. Now, one thing that's a nice treat is your performance of Set Me Free, mm-hmm. and people get to hear that as well, too. Yeah, um, uh, it was just suggested that I, I do a song, and it, it made sense to, to do that particular song because it was a popular Utopia song when I was mm-hmm. in the band. So, um, and, you know, it sounded okay, I think. It certainly yeah. did. It certainly did. Yeah, it worked did. out fine. Now, my final question is, You've got a lot going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we were all graced with having you perform a webcast this uh-huh. month, this month uh, from upstate New York, which was absolutely fantastic. Thanks. And people last night were raving about that, who I was talking to <clears throat> after the show and everything, uh-huh. were in attendance there and everything. You've got a lot going on right now. You could talk about that, of the things that you've been doing as of recent. Well, I've, I've been continuing working on my, my next uh, solo CD, and... Um, Got a couple of solo shows in February and one, um, yeah, one in February. And then the, for the most part, I'm just home writing and, and recording right now. Uh, and then I have a, a, a thing that I'm doing with a couple of uh, buddies at the end of February, which is um, a Beatle tribute thing uh, mm-hmm. that they've asked me to do, which is with Mike Portnoy, Paul Gilbert, and Neil Morse. It's called Yellow Matter Custard. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> that should be interesting. There's only three shows, mm-hmm. and then in March we uh, we do um, uh, Todd healing again. So that should be fun. Fantastic. So I'm busy. Awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. Sure, David. Take a few it's minutes. A pleasure. Really appreciate yeah. it. And enjoy the show tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> amazing single material that we've been playing here. Utopia only ever had one hit single. So you could call this Utopia 2 or 3, I'm not sure which version, but of course it features the voice of Monsieur Chasm Salty. Okay, that one sounded too good. <laughs> sounded good to me. Did it? Yeah, what? loud and clear, yeah. Really? You couldn't hear it? Yeah, but it sounded like crap. Oh, it sounded good. Oh, what is man, the show? it's a Skype mess. <laughs> uh, all right, folks, that was the... Sorry, Kaza. Set me free. Let's do it again. Here we go. Sounds so good! Now with all this amazing single material that we've been playing here, Utopia only ever had one hit single. So you could call this Utopia Two or Three. I'm not sure which version, but of course it features the voice 
of Monsieur Chasm Sultan. John Sigler before tonight's performance. John, thank you so much for taking time. My to pleasure speak to, to be us. here. Really appreciate yeah. it. Last night, uh, what can we say? I mean, there was just an incredible energy in the room that uh, it was really 
magic. That yeah, we were. We, could yeah, describe we really had fun last and night. You really could see everyone feeding off of that from the first note all the way to the joyful ending of the show. Yeah, yeah. It was it was really fun. We all really had a great time. <laughs> we were working hard back there, but we, we really had a good time. Yeah, it was. You know, we're playing all that music again, and what, how bad could it be? It was really fun. You know. And the material certainly is not the easiest material from the two records that uh, you were on, Todd Rundgren's Utopia and Todd Rundgren's Utopia and Other Lives, certainly with, uh, with <laughs> key changes and tempo changes and everything, yet uh, things seemed to sound very seamless last night. Well... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, maybe from the audience point of view. Yeah, there, there were. Uh, uh, we rehearsed it pretty hard before Todd got, got into town, and, and I think the band knew the music really well. It's still, it's, it's very difficult music. I'm sure Ralph already said that in, in the old days we probably played those that music for a month before, um, mm -hmm. at least, of rehearsals every day. You know, uh, to be able to really play it really, really well. And and we didn't do too bad last night. I didn't think, but. You know, there's always room for improvement, I think. <laughs> no, I think one treat people are going to see tonight is the fact that if you are a fan of that era, uh, which everyone certainly is, um, you're going to hear virtually everything from the first album and then almost everything from Another Live, not to give away too much or whatever, but right. talk about the fact that, you know, you co-wrote a good chunk of that material and everything, I did. and performing that material, I yeah. think, and the feeling that had, you know, those records came out in 74 and 75, yet here they are performing and getting the same reaction they got many years yeah. ago, if not yeah. even better. Yeah. Well, you know, it's fun music to play. It's very complicated. You really have to be on your toes. Uh, we... You know, we kind of ran out of time on the. We had a plan to do the Seven Rays off the um, another live album, but it was just one too many. It would have been the straw that broke the camel's back. It was just one too many, very difficult pieces of music to prepare. So we we dropped that one. Uh, but another live, which is uh, Ralph and Todd wrote, which is great and and really fun to play. Uh, uh, that went well and. Uh, uh, what else did we do? We did the Freak Parade. Uh, Moogie and I wrote the Freak Parade, and Todd wrote the vocal part of the middle. I wrote the the, the funky uh, rhythm section part, and then mm -hmm. Todd wrote that great jazzy vocal. And uh, um, and it was just real fun to play, and everybody seemed to know all the stuff, and it was really fun. You know, it was really great. We really we really enjoyed it. So take us back in time. You preceded playing with Todd even prior to the Todd Rungwin's Utopia record, playing on the Todd album, playing on A Wizard or True Star and everything. Right. Talk about going from that era into the evolution of what ultimately became Todd Rungwin's Utopia, the album that comes out in 74 with the icon right. and everything. The group really becoming uh, a touring entity with tremendous critical acclaim right. as a real live band unto itself. Right. Well, I mean, the the first thing was that the core of the band existed even before that. The core of the band, I don't know if Ralph mentioned it, but the core of the band was Moogie and the Rhythm Kings. It was me, Ralph, and Moogie. We had already been together for a few years. And then Moogie um, was friends with Todd, and then Todd built Secret Sound, and we were all there every day. And so when Todd decided to do the Wizard album, um, he asked us to play on it. It was a different drummer. John Siomas was the drummer, um, mm -hmm. uh, who ended up with in Peter Frampton's band. Um, uh, so we had already done all that music. And then um, uh, Todd um, did the Todd album. Oh, he went out with the Sales Brothers, right, which didn't work out too well. When he came back, I think he realized to play that music, I don't know what happened with the Sales Brothers, but to play that music, 
he needed this group of guys who could actually play that music. And so we went and did Sons of 1984 in Central Park. Were you at that? Uh, yeah, 19, yeah, right. We recorded yeah. that in 1973. Yeah. Yeah. On, on released as the last track on the Todd album right. in '74. Right. So that was successful as a group, and we were we were a group already anyway. Mm -hmm. So, and Todd Todd needed musicians that could do what he needed to do and what he wanted to do, mm -hmm. and so uh, that worked out really well. So we went on the road doing uh, Todd's the first stuff Todd did with the tape recorder by himself was the first set. And he would do uh, wizard stuff and, and stuff from something, anything, and stuff like that. And then we would come out and do Utopia music uh, mm -hmm. for the second set. And, um, and it just all kept evolving and kept going and going and building and building. And it, and, and it was a great band and a great group of friends. You know, so. Now, my final question I have for you is this. Life continued on in a big way for you after you left. You played on the Faithful album in 76 and right. then left in early 76. Right. But you go on to have a lot of success as a uh, studio musician, playing on fantastic records like Ecstatic by Hall & Oates and touring with Daryl and John right. and playing with Desmond Child and Rouge right. and so oh, many, really so many records stuff, and everything. Yeah. And uh, you uh, went on and did a lot of things after. Tell the audience, because I know they want to know about John Sigler post Todd Rungman's well, Utopia and all the things you've done. I did what I really had set out to do initially, which was to become a New York studio guy. That's I grew up in New York. That's what I wanted to be. That's what I always wanted to be. I wanted to be a New York studio musician. That's what I wanted to be. Um, and being a member of Utopia was obviously very helpful. And, of course, I met John and Daryl through Todd. And um, eventually I ended up in their band in the late 70s. Mm -hmm. um, but in between, I, I did, you know, Desmond and a, a million different records. And, and um, um, uh, so I, I guess the pinnacle of it all was when I was in Daltrey's band, Roger Daltrey's band, and I was in Europe all the time. And, and um, I, that was really great. And I got to play, you know, Won't Get Fooled Again at Madison Square Garden with mm -hmm. Roger Daltrey. That was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And um, so... Um, I, I got to play on a real lot of records, and uh, and and I played with a lot of people, and uh, it, it was really fun, you know. And we were all together. I, Ralph and I worked mm -hmm. together until Ralph really till he moved to L.A., which was mm -hmm. when? When did you move to L.A.? Uh, late '80s, late '80s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then what happened was, which is something that happens to most New York studio musicians of that era, mm -hmm. is you get sucked into the advertising business because. Mm -hmm it becomes very lucrative for you as a musician. Mm -hmm. And so you could go do a couple jingles in the morning before you hit the whatever you were going to be doing in the afternoon. And it was, there was you know, as, you, as we got older and we had our families and stuff, we needed to, you know, have a secure income and stuff. So uh, I went into the jingle business. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I had a really great run in the jingle business all the way through the 90s. Um, and then I went into the children's television business because we ended up working for the outfit that did Pokemon and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up being the music producer of that um, company for 10 years, um, which was, you know, it was like a corporate gig. But now, mm -hmm. uh, as of last November, I'm, uh, that company fell, fell apart. And so now I'm back to strictly wanting to be a bass player and I'll do some writing and some producing if if the situation is right but I, I just want to play now that's what I want to do you know it's fun enough of the stress of being a music producer it's not fun you know mm -hmm. so anyway so that's that's where I am well John thank you so thank much you. for taking nice a few minutes to you. nice to meet real you real pleasure nice okay. to meet you thank okay. you so much Kaz is up
You ready? It's a
Shuckett of Todd Rungman's Utopia. Ralph, thank you so much for taking a few moments to talk to me this afternoon. Really You're appreciate the participation of, of tonight's show. Suffice it to say, last night, Ralph, was magical. Um, the excitement in the air, uh, just the energy. I, it really, I sense the band really fed off of the love that came from the crowd last night. It was pretty overwhelming. It was, uh, you know, it, it, until the, the advent of Facebook, uh, none of us really knew that, I think back then when we were in the band, we always kind of thought that everyone was, was Todd's fans, and, and here it's been 30 years, and we never really kept up with what was going on. And then with the whole face, Facebook community, um, all of a sudden, we each got 400 new friends immediately, you know, who knew who we were and, you know, liked us. And, and uh, that's, I still can't get over that. It's, it's just amazing. You know, it's amazing to me. And the friends and the, uh, the fans are so uh, giving and so generous and so hardcore. Um, and, and the music means so much to them, you know, and uh, it's really gratifying for us you know, 30 years later to, to see that. And last night particularly, I mean, Moogie was so overcome with emotion and gratitude. Um, uh, as Kevin said, this whole thing started out as just a few of us getting together to play. Mm -hmm. And um, and then, then Moogie decided to do it in a club, and then that, the, that club was too small, and then Todd got on board. And, and so the whole thing kind of mushroomed into this event uh, and it was all for Moogie you know and I think it was just so you know uh, so many of the fans um, uh, people came from all over the country uh, and they all met a lot of them met yesterday afternoon and they had an auction of various crafts and different kinds of things that they people made um, to, to raise money for Moogie and um, he just couldn't believe it. I mean, he, he it was just so uh, generous and kind and uh, unexpected, you know, and so that, that really meant a lot to him. I was seated with someone who flew all the way in from California for both shows. I spoke to someone from Florida, people from all over the United States, and I heard actually overseas came in for these shows, which is truly amazing. Yeah, it's truly amazing to me, too. I mean, you know... Uh, I, I never thought I, I, you know, truthfully, before I, I played with Todd on the road last year, um, but before that, I hadn't really given a lot of thought to Utopia or Todd or, uh, you know, for 20 years, you know, and uh, and all of a sudden there's this whole world out there of people who appreciate that music, so. Now take us back, particularly with Todd Rungwood's Utopia that came out in 74, and mm -hmm. then Another Live that came out in 1975, and you co-wrote some of the material on mm -hmm. that record, and mm -hmm. the feelings that you had performing some of that material last night, and seeing the reaction of people with just wide grins on their faces, seeing the material <laughs> that you wrote. To be honest, I was just scrambling to try and remember my parts, and, and to make sure my gear was working, and that I was hitting the right switches and hitting the right keys. So I was, you know, uh, that other stuff didn't really cross my mind. But the funny thing about all the, all the, or 
probably three-quarters of the utopia music, uh, such as The Icon and Another Life. Uh, many of these pieces were originally composed and recorded as separate songs um, that were somewhat uh, longer than they ended up on the record. And for example, The Icon, people just brought in different things that they'd written, and the band would learn it and jam on it, and there'd be you know, fairly lengthy uh, exposition and then um, and then Todd when he mixed the record he put it all together and cut short you know shortened certain things and you know, put them in a different order and juggled them around so that they all became one cohesive piece mm -hmm. so the and the first time I think the guys in the band ever heard heard the icon was when we heard Todd's when he mixed the album we didn't know that that he was going to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, he might have explained it to us, but we had no idea what was what the order would be or whether anything would fit together. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of these things were just separate songs. So um, then, when we would go on the road, we had to learn this. How I forget how long piece of music um, and make it work as a live performance. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really conceived that way, but it ended up being being a good one. Um, and so, you know, that, that was kind of, uh, and then for the second record, that was sort of a uh, prototype, you could say, for a lot of the material on the second album. Now, I think a lot of fans would be very interested. Certainly, there was uh, life after Todd Rung with Utopia for you in many, many ways, both on stage as a writer and also behind the scenes, also working as a successful A&R executive. Could you fill in the fans? of what uh, Ralph Shuckett uh, has been up to and was up to after leaving Todd Rungwin's Utopia in 1975? Well, let's see. I, I don't remember it all in chronological <laughs> <Okay>. order. <laughs> but uh, I, I guess the main reason I, I left the band was because I, I didn't like to travel. I, I, I had had enough of traveling for a while, and I was just starting to establish myself in New York as a session player and as a composer and uh, I was getting a lot of work, um, and uh, it just, you know, it, it, it seemed to be a, a better idea for m myself and my personal life if I stayed in town. And uh, so I, I did, I worked as a session player and as an arranger, orchestrator. Um, uh, I composed a lot of uh, music for television and uh, for TV commercials, um, and, for the most part, I stopped performing uh, for almost 30 years. Uh, stopped really playing a lot, mm -hmm. and um, I was just behind the desk. I was either composing or you know, I was either writing charts or programming things on my computer. And as the business changed, the sort of um, it was kind of sad because. I, I started to see less and less of my friends and play with other musicians less and less until um, uh, when, when uh, I guess it was our late 90s and early aughts that um, I was doing everything myself at home mm -hmm. and uh, it, was, it, was, it was a creatively fulfilling job and it paid well and it was fun. And, but I never, all of a sudden, the whole collaboration thing went mm -hmm. out the window and, and the whole camaraderie and friendship and just the hanging out with your buddies and sort of the, the, the 
sharing the recording experience mm -hmm. with other people um, just for the most part has vanished for most musicians um, unless they're in a band or unless they do uh, maybe if they're in an orchestra that does film music, orchestral film music, but um, everything else is done in people's home studios and you rarely see one another. Um, and uh, I, at last, a couple of, like in 08, I think I started to miss that. Um, and I started saying, God, it would be great to play my, see, see people and go out and play gigs and stuff like that. So. I st uh, in, two, in 2009, I started kind of trying to make that happen, mm -hmm. and then uh, I'm, um, I got the um, I tried to contact Todd when I heard about the A Watts tour, mm -hmm. and unfortunately uh, he already had two keyboard players. Mm -hmm. But I said, well, if anything goes wrong, or if you know if one of them gets sick or something, you know, mm -hmm. keep me in mind. Yeah. And uh, Roger Powell um, had to leave the tour, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I got a call, and a couple of weeks later I was on the road with with Todd, <laughs> you know, and uh, so and I, now I, I just I mean I'm I'm doing a lot of live playing and a lot of performing, and, and I'm really really enjoying it. A little rusty, but uh, getting my chops back together. Well, Ralph, thank you so much for taking time to speak to us, and uh, you're all very, very excited welcome. for tonight's performance. Great. Okay, we're here at the high.
here at the Highline Ballroom, and it's my distinct pleasure to have here Mark Moogie Klingman here. Moogie, thank you so much for taking a few moments for tonight's show at the Highline Ballroom to talk to us. We really appreciate it. And well, thank wanna, you for being here. Well, I want to start off by just saying uh, certainly last night was a special, special night. Yes, this is a Tyrone's Utopia show, but the love for everyone in the room was just really, really special last night. There was an energy that one could feel from the first note all the way to the end. People singing the lyrics along from the front row all the way up to the balcony. People wrapped attention to everything. Must have made you feel really special last night. Wow. That's all I can say is it was like a dream come true, and I keep thinking if I pinch myself hard enough, I'm going to wake up. That's how amazing it was. And it's amazing that these guys, the original Utopia from 35 years ago, yes. uh, came back together for me. Uh, they, I mean, Ralph flew out from the coast. Todd flew from Hawaii to do this. Uh, so so the fact, you know, that... that they can still we can still play this music, and that they were they were willing to come out and do this, basically at my instigation. And I'm just extremely grateful and thankful to the whole band, and especially uh, to my man Todd Rundgren, who who uh, is is showing himself to be uh, a larger legend than I even could have thought uh, by doing this. It was so special having Todd here and to hear those songs and to hear the and feel the chemistry of the band. In the performances last night was really, really, truly magnificent. Yeah, and, and when when I was up there and John Siegler was dancing behind me on bass and Todd and I were doing the old stuff and Ralph was bouncing at the organs, and it was exactly like the last gig we had done together. And the 35 years that was the gap between the last time we played together, it just dissolved and just seemed yes. like... I was in a, a time machine back in time, because it, it was just all there again, and, and, and it was quite amazing. And what's remarkable is certainly the material, particularly when you look at Todd Rungwood's Utopia and Todd Rungwood's Utopia and other lot, certainly not easy material to perform, yet everyone seemed to really pull it off very flawlessly last night. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, is that material challenging? Um, we did rehearse for about two weeks before Todd came to town, so we, we did a, an incredible amount of woodshedding. But still, um, to be able to do this material and uh, to be able to sync it up with Todd as well as we did last night even amazes me. Now, not to give away too much uh, before tonight's broadcast, but certainly Sons of 1984 is a real watershed moment as far as this lineup of Tolerance Utopia. Summer of 1973, Woman Rink, Central Park, you perform that. becomes really a utopia anthem, very much like the song Utopia or whatever, a real crowd sing-along and everything. Let's go back a little bit in time and just talk about that era, and particularly that show with the crowd participation and everything. Any, I know it's quite some time ago, but any thoughts or memories about that concert and recording of that song where it was interesting. Uh, Todd had one uh, group of people from New York coming out of one speaker when he listened to it, and the other one was a crowd from San Francisco that uh, made up the crowd participation point. But the cover shot, of course, has got you all performing at Central Park and Walman Rink. Yeah, well, uh, we didn't get to go out to the coast. Todd 
played the tape out on the coast and overdubbed the audience there. But uh, it was another interesting Todd Rundgren moment in a absolutely uh, astounding career. And just that he thought this up to have both coasts singing along on on the record and on and such a good song because that's truly a song that that doesn't age. It's just a beautiful anthem and. Those concerts, the uh, Schaefer Music Festival concerts, they were pretty amazing. And and, and to open that particular show, uh, we went out with just me at the piano, Todd uh, on vocals, and we did a version of Dust in the Wind with some background singers, Mm -hmm. uh, a girl named Googie, and two guys named Hall and Oates. So the Mm -hmm. opening of the concert were John Hall and Daryl Oates singing background with me at the keys and Todd doing... Really? Uh, Ooh, baby, baby, medley, and dust in the wind, and it was just you know again a march, uh, a mark that that so many comers in that in that era that that were around us. Uh, it was great to have Daryl and John there before they really happened. Now I think those people who are watching tonight, who are big uh, Utopia fans, probably didn't know that about the opening act, which is real interesting to find out. At that time, Hall and Oates had not made it big. Uh, they would go on a year later to record War Babies with the Todd produced. Uh, but at that time, they had released Abandoned Luncheonette. But She's Gone had not been a hit at the time. So they were relatively unknown at the time when they were performing. These little did people know they would go on to have the, the success that they had. Now, uh, give us a feel. Todd talked before about secret sound. And to me, just from the stories I hear, it wasn't just any old studio. It seemed like it was almost like a almost like an artist collective slash recording studio with a lot of special things happening there. And obviously, Todd Rungan's Utopia was recorded there, A Wizard of True Star, Initiation, Todd Raw recorded there. And it was your place, that was your, your uh, loft that Secret Sound uh, was located. Right, I was living on West 10th Street, and I had a band called Moogie and the Rhythm Kings with Ralph Shuckett and Johnny Siegler and a drummer named John Siomas. And uh, I was just looking for a place where I could live and we could rehearse. And at 147 West 24th Street, uh, I found it, a beautiful 2,000-square-foot loft. And the front area had already been made into a rehearsal studio with a control booth, with a glass that made it very much look like a control room and a recording studio, even though there was no equipment there and it was only set up uh, for rehearsals. So I moved in the back half of the loft, was was my living quarters. We built uh, uh, a kitchen there and the bathroom. And the front half was uh, the rehearsal studio. And Todd came over and jammed with us. And he said, "Hey, I want to build my recording studio right here." And and so we did. He he moved in uh, right around the time that uh, Hello It's Me was starting to really happen mm-hmm. big. And I had my capital deal. I chipped in some money. We spent. Months wire well, he did most of the wiring, mm-hmm. but you know reinforcing the walls, getting everything set up, and the day now uh hello with me was was probably in the top five mm-hmm. at the time he was just wiring week after week, month after month, wow. and I said, well, you know this guy should really be out there touring <laughs> with a top five record, you know, mm-hmm. but um the day he finished wiring. 
Uh, I brought in my band, Moogie and the Rhythm Kings, and we recorded A Wizard, A True Star. And there was no engineer. Todd set up all the levels, and he'd go out in the studio after we'd roll the tape, and we'd play it with nobody in the control room. That, that's how much of a uh, rebel act recording that album was. No assistant engineer even on those early sessions. Wow, wow. And and things just grew. Todd started to do production after production there. And uh, people like Hall & Oates, uh, the Brecker Brothers did their first jazz rock album. I did Moogie 1. You know, I did Moogie 2 there, mm -hmm. uh, which was done at the same time as Wizard of True Star. Uh, Bette Midler, I produced one of her albums. And Bob Dylan recorded there when, when I produced him and Bette uh, doing a duet of Buckets of Rain. Uh, that was an interesting day when Bob Dylan came by very early in the day, and I didn't realize we were going to do the recording mm -hmm. session that day. So as he was coming up in the elevator, I said, come on, Bob Dylan's here, come on over. And people just ran over to the studio uh, while I entertained Bob in the back room, and then we spent the rest of the time doing the duet with Bet. What a great story. What a great story. I have just a couple more questions here. Number one is, you're such an accomplished musician unto yourself as a solo artist and session player and producer and everything like that. And, you know, we can start and talk, you know, at length all the different songs you've been involved with, whether it's Friends or whatever. But Dust in the Wind, what just a magnificent, magnificent song that uh, you've been involved with and everything. And just give us a little background about that song. Well, that was one of the first songs I wrote. I kind of looked out in that uh, Dust in the Wind was very early in my songwriting career. I started writing songs relatively late when I was around 18 or 19, even though I'd been playing piano since I was 12. Um, and uh, at the same time, I wrote Friends, You Gotta Have Friends, which became Bette Midler's mm -hmm. theme song. I wrote that with Buzzy Linhart in yep. that same period. Mm -hmm. uh, and the really interesting thing about Dust in the Wind is though it's a really personal song about uh, someone dying and just recalling his life on his deathbed, it was written about no one. It was just an idea for a plot that I had in my head. As I sing it now, and I watch Todd sing it, now it has definite, definite personal uh, uh, personal feelings for me. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, it was just, you know, I came up with this plot. And I just followed it through, and, and, it, and it, it seems to be quite a personal song. My final question is this, uh, and really more of just a comment. I am so thrilled that tonight is being documented, that this will be uh, uh, available as a webcast and people will be able to see this, because this uh, gathering of everyone together after all these years is so special. I'm so pleased that people who have not been able to make it to New York for the shows this weekend are now going to be able to see this on a webcast. Thanks to modern-day technology in the 21st century, if this was 1975, this wouldn't be happening. But fortunately, people are going to be able to see this all around the globe. What does that mean to you? Well, just the whole event is, is absolutely surrealistic. It came about because of my, my health problems. I'm dealing with cancer. Uh, I haven't been given a long lifeline by my doctors. Uh, I've been given a short time. But I, I've been so enthralled and so charged up that um, uh, I was able to stop things like chemo uh, and radiation a month ago because uh, I'm basically in remission right now. And uh, the fact that my old friends from Utopia were willing to drop everything 
and come back together. Ralph Shuckett flew out from the coast. Mm -hmm. Todd Rundgren came in from Hawaii and, and do this basically as an act of love and support for me. The utopian brotherhood is strong. These guys, Todd Rundgren, John Siegler, Kevin Elman, uh, especially Todd Rundgren, uh, Chasm Sultan, and our good friends on background vocals, uh, Daryl Tooks and Curtis King, who, who were hanging out with me back around that same period. Mm -hmm. It's just... It's amazing that we've all come back together and, and that the music is alive, the music is fresh, as we're all pushing into our 60s. This, this is some difficult youth-oriented music, yes. high-speed stuff. And uh, the bonding with this audience, which has come from all around the world, people have come from Japan and Europe. I even heard somebody here from Russia from West Coast, from Texas, from Florida, that this whole audience has come back. The bonding and the feelings of love between the band, between the band and the audience, the healing that the audience is giving me, that we're giving them, it's just truly amazing. And I just hope you can feel those vibrations in this webcast. Well, I, 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 I'm sure people certainly will, and I must say one of the most special moments last night was when the crowd spontaneously were chanting your name over and over again and everything from the last person in the balcony to the person in the front row was really, really special and it shows how much you are truly loved by everyone in the community and our thoughts and prayers go out to you. Uh, you really made a mark on a lot of people's lives. And, and I and, did not uh, know, I did not know just how much people remembered me and, and, and the whole thing is so spectacular and so amazing to me that I, I, I begged to answer the question, is there a utopia? Does utopia really exist? And I'm just here to say that, yes, utopia exists, and I believe it exists because I want to believe it. There is a utopia. I found it here with this band last night and tonight, and I hope you find your utopia, and I hope we all find our utopia, because love and peace can create it. Moogie Klingman, thank you so much, and best wishes for a fantastic thank show you, tonight. Friend. Yeah, I'd like to bring up my, my friends uh, from the Peaceniks, my band, Barry and Patty, Patty Rothberg, Barry Gruber. You know, just help me, and they're all going to help me, because way back early on, I wrote a song. I wrote it with a guy named Buzzy Linhart, and, and uh, the song became so big, it became such a part of the American Standard Songbook that nobody really believed that I wrote this song. So it's got to be like uh, Carol King or Billy Joel, but no, folks. Uh, I wrote this one with Buzzy. And uh, you all know this song, and, and this song really is about us here tonight, because when I asked my friend Todd Rundgren if he'd help me out, if he would do this great benefit and put together this great old band with me, he said yes. Oh, was and so I want to thank Todd from the bottom of my heart for all he has done to make this happen. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Ralph Shuckett, for flying in from California. Todd from Honolulu. Thank you, John Siegler. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Curtis King and Daryl Tooks. Jesse Dress and Kevin Elman and Chasm Sultan, the man behind the legend for so many years. Thank you so much for making this such a beautiful night. And when we get to the chorus, sing along with me. Yes, I, I wrote this song with Buzzy. I am all alone here. There is a no one here beside me. 
All my problems, they are gone. There is no one to deride me. Get ready, folks. But you got to have friends. The feeling is so, so strong. You got to have friends. To make this day last long, has friends will let go.
find your designated driver and have a safe trip home. Hello, we're here at the Highline Ballroom, and I'm here with Todd Rungren before tonight's show here at the Highline Ballroom of Todd Rungren's Utopia. Todd, thank you so much for taking a few moments to talk with us. Really appreciate it. Um, my pleasure. <laughs> Last night, uh, suffice it to say, the energy in the room, uh, the excitement and everything from the first note all the way to the end was really, really special. The show uh, primarily featured material that was from the two albums in 74 and 75, mm -hmm. yet here were people mouthing the words, responding to every lick, every move that was going on. Can you just uh, talk about your feelings about that? <laughs> We're all kind of old, aren't we? <laughs> um, uh, well, I had no idea what to expect. This has been like sort of a uh, freight train thing that went from, well, I was in New York in December. I played it in Iridium, and that was the, when I first heard about it, when Mookie first asked if I could participate, you know, and then I thought, well, we'll figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I approached the whole thing with some trepidation, partly because of fan expectations. Mm -hmm. um, we hadn't played this stuff for a very long time, and I, you know, I'm not interested in doing the music in injustice for any particular purpose. So, fortunately, uh, the rest of the band has had uh, time to rehearse. I know that Kevin and Moogie play some of this material with some regularity, so that I think um, was pretty much essential because I didn't really get to. <laughs> I got to rehearsals on Friday night, like at five o'clock after three flight cancellations in a row, and so uh, I think when we hit the stage yesterday, we were all pretty nervous. But the audience uh, response really kind of reminded us that it's hard to do wrong in a situation like this. Uh, particularly, as you said, they know the words, they've seen the concerts, and we know all of the mistakes that we're making on stage. But apparently they're just replaying what they heard from the 70s. <laughs> so we're playing it as well as we ever did. Talk about, let's go back in time a little bit, um, the core of this group, of Todd Rungus, who mm -hmm. performed last night, performs someone, a Wizard or True Star, someone, Todd, and then it becomes... Todd Rungman's Utopia with a standalone record, then Todd Rungman's Utopia, another live. Can you talk about how that morphed from basically backup studio musicians for mm -hmm. you into actually a recording entity co-writing material with you for those two albums? Um, when uh, I started on my uh, fourth album, called Wizard of True Star, uh, I had gotten to the point where I no longer wanted to work in a conventional sort of studio environment, a commercial studio, where you had to watch the clock and where you might be in competition with other people who want to use the studio. So Moogie, Klingman, and I, uh, who had been working together on various musical projects for a while, um, we decided that we would build a studio in New York City. And it became a, a kind of a musical workshop for... Um, for me and for Moogie and for all the musicians that uh, that Moogie was playing with. I was pretty much producing records for people. Moogie was jamming with everybody in town. So mm -hmm. um, we kind of combined those those two things into this enterprise. And uh, sort of naturally all these players that Moogie knew um, started participating in the records. First, A Wizard, A True Star. Then, as you mentioned, the Todd record, pretty much the same, kind of the same core of people. Mm -hmm. 
by that time we were we were pretty uh comfortable playing together but i was still uncomfortable as a um as a singer songwriter kind of thing i never thought of myself as like singer songwriter piano man kind of thing but my writing had taken a turn towards the uh uh, I was writing more on the piano than I was on the guitar, and I started to feel like I had neglected my guitar playing. I didn't have a situation where I could really stretch out and play guitar. And what was happening in music around us in general was this whole fusion movement, the Mahavishnu New Orchestra and um, and Return to Forever and 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 Weather Report Weather and those Report. sort of bands, and we wanted to be like them, you know, play this kind of, you know, heavily instrumentally oriented and and somewhat um, uh, expanded sort of music opportunities for people to play and things like that. So we kind of all at the same time thought we want to put together a band that's kind of like Mahavishnu Orchestra or something and and really play our, our freaking brains out. And that's kind of what happened. You know, I had originally a, a utopia band that was more high concept. And but that was previous to this whole fusion movement. So, yeah, we were taking a lot of our musical cues from what was happening. Amen. Something I think people are very curious about is where you got the energy and the wherewithal. When you look at that tour that you did in '74, where you basically were the opening act for Utopia. You came out, performed solo, mm-hmm. did a whole show right there. Then you go off an intermission, and then you come back to do a whole another set with Utopia. Certainly, performing by yourself is a very strenuous activity. And then to come back to do the highly complex music of Utopia, how did you handle that from a stamina standpoint, doing that? I mean, it's really an incredible, remarkable thing, I feel, to be able to do that you know, day in and day out and everything, yourself as a performer, mm-hmm. vocally, just the whole rigors of touring and everything. Uh, yet it was something that people to this day talk about as a real, real special time. Well, I think Utopia actually gave me the opportunity to sort of blossom as a as a live performer. I always felt before that that uh, uh, my main focus would be in the studio. I didn't really want to go on the road that much. When I did go on the road, it was really sort of grueling and difficult because I was not a seasoned singer. I couldn't sing a 40-minute show when I first went out, when I was supporting my first couple records. I would lose my voice just every night. I had no stamina. But... Uh, Eventually, through doing this utopia thing, you know, the um, part of it was the long form, uh, exactly. But a lot of that involves pl- more playing than singing. There are mm-hmm. certainly singing sections in there, but um, it involved a lot of playing. And um, and I started gigging more regularly with the bands. You know, we uh, uh, we developed a following somewhat early on. You know, it was a popular sort of style of music at the time, this fusion, a lot of jamming, people were taking psychedelic drugs, and so they wanted a five-hour-long show, you know, last as long as their trip, and, um, and yeah, that made, you know, ultimately, it made me a better performer, just the, the fact that we were, I was doing it more constantly, you know, the more that I would do it, the better I would get, and then probably by the time, you know, we were doing those shows where I was opening for, um, for Utopia, I was you know, just far more comfortable as a, as a performer than I had been before. So, and a lot of it is, at least I've discovered over time, is as, as you do these shows, you learn how to pace yourself. You know, you learn when you have to, 
save a little bit of energy or something like that for later. So I just the, the, the constant touring gave me that experience. Let's talk about Moogie Klingman. Um, obviously, uh, we know uh, Moogie's situation right now, and our, our thoughts and prayers go out to him. Um, your relationship goes back with him, certainly from Dust in the Wind, something, anything, producing him and everything. No, and probably years, before that, and, and even before that, maybe back to 69. Uh, uh, it was back when um, uh, when the NAS first got, um, got signed. Um, we had uh, our manager decided that he wanted to put us in a house, but not in New York City because it was too expensive. <laughs> so I remember that you know the day or two that we went out looking for places, and we kept going further and further out in Long Island because mm-hmm. the price wasn't right or something. You know, <laughs> finally we went as far as Great Neck, and that was you know we got it. We finally got the Great Neck and, <laughs> uh, and uh, rented a house there, and the band all lived in the house. Mm-hmm. And Great Neck happened to be Mookie's hometown, so mm-hmm. Mookie always knew what was going on, you know, with, um, you know, happening. I heard there was a band living in a house in Great <laughs> Neck, you know. And I, I think that's where I first met Mookie. You know, he just kind of came around to our band house. Was that the was that the time? I remember I used to go out with regularity to uh the Cafe Agogo as well to hear the Butterfield band, you know, various other bands, Cream, all the bands that, that we were into. And that was one of Mookie's regular hangouts as well. He was um you know, he's from Great Neck. He spent most of his time in the city and I believe at the time you already had an apartment in the city. I remember coming to your apartment. You played the the uh, James Taylor album for the first time. First time I heard James Taylor. Mm-hmm. So you know, I remember. And Moogie was just about you know music playing. You know, let's play. Let's me, let's go jam. Let's go up to Steve Paul's and jam some. You know, mm-hmm. just, right, just, just right, play, yeah. play, play all the time. And uh, and the Nas kind of broke up. You know, shortly after that, and I moved back into the city from Great Neck and mm-hmm. uh, started seeing Moogie a, a, a lot more. And at one point, I put together a version of Utopia, an initial version, that included Hunt and Tony Sales, mm-hmm. and Moogie was a part of that. And then uh, we kind of we connected, disconnected. That thing didn't last too long. You know, went for a little while. We played a few gigs, mm-hmm. and um, we connected and disconnected uh, over various musical projects. And I got to something, anything, and I was doing some live sessions. I uh, wanted to finish um, the rest of the record off with just, you know, all live sessions. Mm-hmm. And Moogie, since he knew everybody in town, you know, I call, I would, like, call him up on a Sunday morning. And I'd say, I want to do a session this afternoon. You know, find me a rhythm section and a horn section and a bunch of background <laughs> singers. And lo and behold, by 3 in the afternoon, he's got everybody in the studio. So, um, and that was where we started working in the studio a bit. I think that's the first time we really did any recording mm-hmm. uh, together. And uh, and after that happened, I said after something, anything, I decided I wanted to have a studio that was, you know, just more of a workshop than a mm-hmm. than a than a business. Mm-hmm. And Moogie had uh, uh, had found a loft up on 26th Street, was it? 24th Street. Mm-hmm. He found a, a, a loft space uh, on the sixth floor, I think it was, something like that. Fifth floor. <laughs> yeah, but, but who cares? Fifth floor, sixth floor, I don't remember. And essentially, he provided the space, and I provided the equipment, and we both provided the labor along with some other people to build a control room, do soundproofing and wiring and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then that became our playpen from then on. You know? mm-hmm. 
Todd, uh, suffice to say, I think on behalf of everyone, uh, everyone's so appreciative of you uh, partaking in this and being part of this whole thing. Uh, last night certainly was testimony to that from everyone who just raved about the show and just the energy in the room and everything was really, really special and everything. Are there any other thoughts you have to say in just regards to the, 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 the get the, any other of this <laughs> real special I'm trying to remember, remember the lyrics <laughs> you know, the songs, you know. Freak Parade is haunting me at this point. It's just like the syllables come so fast. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, well, that's what I'll be doing between now and the show, studying my lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> but truly, uh, to hear Freedom Fighters and Another Life mm-hmm. and, and so forth and The Wheel and everything, um, yeah, after all these years, some certainly you had performed uh, into the 70s and 80s, but other songs we haven't heard in quite some time, so I think that was real special hearing them. Yeah, well, it's special for me playing them as well. And after this is done, I'm going to sleep for a week. <laughs> Todd, thank you so right, much. Thank really you. appreciate it. We've been 
Jason Bolton, Kevin Elman, Ralph Stuckett, Jesse Jeff, Curtis King, Daryl Tooks, we love you!